Hello and welcome to the Get Straight Podcast with Jason Sorotin. I am here today with Chris Benson from Benson Koppel and Associates. Chris, how are you doing? It's been uh, it's been a great day, and I was really glad to meet you last weekend. And I'm so glad we connected uh, so quickly. So really excited about. Uh, what you guys are doing out there. Absolutely. So Chris is with Benson Koppel and Associates. And what you guys do is you help practices in all sorts of areas, whether it be staffing, helping them sell. Can you kind of tell tell us how you guys operate and how you came to be? Yeah, we're just, uh, we're, we're kind of the business side of orthodontics. So um I'm not a clinician, I'm not a doctor, but for 32 years I've understood and examined how doctors, um, you know, make money and how they spend it uh, inside their practices. And so we have a company that uh, values orthodontic offices for any change of ownership. If I want to bring an associate in, a partner in, or retire and sell my practice, we'll do that. We can go find doctors for people and recruit. Um, We, because of uh, the DSO and OSO consolidation, have gotten to know that world real well. So we understand private equity and the options there, and we consult on that. And we really see ourselves as an education company, and we give a lot of information back to the specialty and and have for a long number of years because uh, the people that pay us money are kind of the, you're on the first day of your career as a young resident getting out and starting your business, or you're on the last lap of your career kind of getting out. And so the information exchange is uh, kind of for all those years in between just to keep in touch. And it's been a model that's worked out quite nicely for us. And the and when you got into the orthodontic space, where did you start? How'd you get your start in the ortho? Yeah, it was, it was 1988. I, I, you know, we, uh, IBM computers were, were, you know, coming out. Everybody had a friend that was, uh, you know, worked for IBM that could write software for this vertical or that. And that was the case in Atlanta. Um, and a, an ex-IBMer wrote a, wrote a program for an orthodontic friend of his and started a company to automate the orthodontic business aspect. We posted checks, we wrote letters, we did, you know, online scheduling, that kind of stuff. And so I tripped into that through an odd set of circumstances. A great friend of mine, Brett Smith, uh, got me into it and and um, had a great 11-year run with that uh, business and got married and uh, decided I wanted to leave that because that all consolidated and was more entrepreneurial type. Moved to North Carolina and bought uh, the business I run now with uh, from an orthodontist named Dr. Jerry Clark. So it's been been great. Uh, if you want to learn about Benson Koppel, go to bensoncoppel.com. Valuation, transition, and recruiting services in the orthodontic space. Um, Chris, so when you are advising these docs, what are some of the most common things you're seeing in kind of a, I guess, COVID world? I'd say post, but I don't think we're through it yet. Yeah. You know, everybody's a little bit uh, wary of, you know, the, the profession. All, all, all things are changing to the digital world and certainly orthodontics is. And so how fast that that goes and what does that mean to an orthodontist? They're they're trying to understand how much aligner therapy they should be doing. They're trying to understand if the consumer really wants that or they're, they're trying to understand some of these um, customized uh, bracket companies that are emerging uh, and at the same time, you know, they're trying to understand this new consumer who doesn't really want to come see them, um, who who is quite wise and does a lot of shopping online before they even pick up the phone to call the office. And and what skill sets do they have to 
you know, improve on on the business side. And by and large, orthodontists are scientists, you know, they they love diagnosing and treating. They have to learn the business aspects. And, you know, the number one guys in the class aren't necessarily the, the, the best business guys. And so they need a Sherpa. They need a helper. Um, and they're looking for companies and products and people that understand what's going on and, and can help them grow their business. And I, the biggest fear is, you know, what skills and how much do you have to spend and where do you have to spend it to make the phone ring? Um, and then after the phone ring, developing the skill set to transition that, I call them a consumer, uh, prospective patient, whatever you want to call them, you know, to yes. And um, that starts with, you know, before the phone rings. And then we got to be really good at some early things. And we used to just measure how many new patient exams converted to starts, but now we have to measure how many people called how many of those people called actually scheduled? How many people those scheduled actually showed up? Of those that showed up, you know, what happened? And, and, and where did they come from? You know, we haven't been good at statistics in ortho. So there's a lot going on in ortho right now. And, um, you know, it's harder to make a dollar uh, today in ortho than it used to be. But I still maintain, you look at medicine, you look at dentistry, you look at the, all the other options. If you want your kid to do something that's pretty cool and change people's lives, and really have a high quality of life. Nobody dies, yeah. nobody gets hurt in ortho. I mean, it's a pretty good gig. <laughs> I, I mean, if people would have told me when I was young to like what orthodontics was and how it could be such a good career, there's no way I wouldn't have explored it because I see these docs making great livings, working eight to 12 days a month. And I'm jealous. First of all, one yeah. doctor's like, I work eight days. And I was like a week <laughs> because it was just such an, I didn't even understand. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you questions because you, you mentioned you, you hit on marketing and obviously I care about marketing, Yeah. but you said so for us, let me tell you about a problem I'm having. So maybe you can help me because <laughs> you know, orthos so well. So making the phone ring for orthos is so easy for us, right? Because we have a data pool that allows us to, to use it, leverage it, and get people to call these docs. The problem that I'm having is convincing the docs that we're not the same as everybody else. We are not going to just take your money and sit on it, which is from digital marketing perspective, it's happened over and over again. These guys and ladies have just been stolen from, and I understand their hesitancy, but even with the, you know, we have, I think almost 20 something uh, orthos now. How, how do you think that, what do you think it kind of communication needs to be done or education to help them see it? Cause I don't think we're doing a great job at it and I want to be better. Well, I'll tell you why I'm talking to you right now is because of who you surrounded yourself with and what they've told me about who you guys are as people and who you are as a business. And and that was, you know, the folks at Gage. Um, I'm really good friends with Dale Herman, Mary Beth Kirkpatrick, those principals. And they said, you got to listen to these guys. And then I listened to your lecture last Friday at the Engage meeting. And I said, these guys know exactly what they're talking about. And and so, you know, and, you, and then I kind of asked, asked them, you know, where, where'd you find these guys? And they said, we used to work with them at Ormco. And, you know, so, you know, that everybody knows that company was kind of the, you know, standard bearer for a long time in orthodontics. So you, you've been around ortho. You don't have a lot of uh, ortho clients right now, but tell them who you're with and let the other people tell me the story. I, I immediately said, I want to get to know these guys. So I'll that, tell that's you. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. But um, we just want to help people. Yeah. And, 
You know, to your point of, you know, every orthodontic practice is spending a, a pile of money in this marketing effort or that, and, and have tried to measure whether that's a good investment or not. You know, your company seems to, seems to have a bead on how to measure that. And there's, there's other companies that do, but we've got to do things digitally. We've got to do them better. We've got to engage with the consumer. You know, just the, the fact that you can make the phone ring. Hey, if you're an orthodontist and you're listening to this, that's why you should call these guys and see what they're about um, because it starts there. And, you know, there's a whole lot of other things in front of that and behind that after the phone rings, but, you know, and, can't make the phone ring, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's where, where, you know, folks like you guys come in and you're handling the before and after and setting them up for success because, you know, it's one thing to get clients, but you have to serve them properly. And I, I you know, that's what I'm seeing that thankfully, thanks to the relationship of Gage, we're getting teamed up with some amazing orthodontists, which makes the job a lot easier. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, how the process of a change of ownership, evaluation, or a transition works with Benson Koppel? Yeah, sure. So, you know, orthodontists are, are very, very bright intellectual people, obviously. I mean, they, they went through you know high grades to get into dental school, and then they went through dental school and typically to specialize you're in the top 10% of your class. So they're, academically, they're very smart people. Um, and business-wise, they do well financially. And so they work for 25, 35 years. Um, and there's some ego that comes with that. And they don't think they can be replaced, um, you know, uh, and they think they're a little bit immortal. So what, you know, it, it starts with a conversation about how happy are you on, you know, Thursday at five o'clock, you know, are you looking forward to Monday or do you want to stick a knife in your head, you know, and, and kind of what is your happiness level? And then this discussion of, you know, one out of one of you retires, you know, the consumer is going to be okay. They're resilient. You know, this is not a, a weird thing that just you are going through. And uh, then their spouse needs to be on board with this is time and, and so forth. So that there's a lot of psychology and change of ownership. Um, and there's a lot of then, you know, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. And they say it's not about the money, but it's all about the money. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so money's no know, object. That means money is the total object. Right. So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta tell them what they have is, you know, what it's worth. You know, most, most orthodontists think their practice is worth more than it probably is. And then most buyers think, uh, you know, maybe it's not worth as much as, uh, the, the, you know, we've got it sold for. So there's an appraisal process that we go through for 90 days. Um, we're, you know, we look back at the last three years. Then there's a putting the deal points together. There's quite a few of those that have tax, you know, advantages to the buyer seller and then real estate matters. And you got to work together with the, the selling orthodontist for a long time because, what we tell doctors that are young is, you know, you're not buying the stuff that's in the office. Um, you are buying the patients, but mostly you're buying the reputation of this selling doctor, which normally in most play times is pretty good. But that re reputation has to be transferred from the older orthodontist to the younger, typically. And that means time. And, you know, the older orthodontist has to sit next to you and say, this guy's bigger, better, faster, stronger, smarter. Can't believe we got him. Turned every rock over in the world. And, you know, he or she is coming here. So, you know, trust has to be transferred. And that takes working together for a while. So we never see an ortho, the doctor walking out the back door as the new guy walks in the front door. We see that in general dentistry some, but it's a transition is a good word because that means it's a process. So right. it takes about a year to do this deal. And um, 
cost about as much as it does to sell your house on a percentage basis. <clears throat> so so it, yeah, based on what you're telling me, it sounds like a lot of your job is playing therapist. So, so we say, <laughs> so, so I'm curious, you know, how do you guys, cause I, I bet this is something that a lot of people don't talk about, but I happen to have a client who's dealing with it or it's a prospect. How do you guys deal with a rough breakup, a partnership that just is not going well? Yeah. You know, you, you know, there's sometimes people are much happier apart than they are together after they've been together for a while. So you got to have to facilitate that, you know, it's just mathematics and, you know, helping them understand everybody's going to be okay. The patients will be fine. You know, we can do this. Um, it's expensive, you know, in the, the horror stories in orthodontics, our partnerships gone awry, but, you know, we find if they're well-planned on the front end, they don't all work out, but the much higher percentage of them do. And so, you know, the, the biggest thing is probably the saddest ones I've been a part of are legacy practices where I'm going in with my mom or my dad. And for some reason, we just, we don't get along. We can't, we can't work. And, you know, spouses hear one thing or the other. And so you got to include everybody. And, but if it's not working, you know, there's ways to unravel it. And there's usually good legal language on how to do that. And so we just try to take the emotion out of it. Our, our mantra in my shop, our facts are friendly. And when you look at facts, you can divorce yourself to some extent of the emotion involved. And, you know, the data is what we lean into and, and lean on. And that's why it's so important for it to be accurate. And that's why I love gauge and and uh, things like that. But, you know, facts are friendly. Let's let's look at the facts and let's divide it up fairly and let's move on. That's how we look at it, too. You got to look at what the reality is, yeah. not on hyperbole or other things that are just kind of like weighing in. When Savvy and I used to work in movies, we called it movie dust. When stuff would get kicked up that caused all this drama, it's like, no, no, no. Right. Let's get to the facts and figure it out. We look at marketing that same way. Let's look at the facts. If what we're doing is working awesome, put more money into it. If what yeah. we're doing is not, let's pivot. Because, you know, this idea that everything is going to work is crazy. And, you know, another thing is, you know, these docs, they're paying sometimes such a small amount of money, but there's a reason. The other companies try to get you to pay a small amount so that when you get no results, you don't really notice they have $500 here or there, but they're not doing anything. So it's the most expensive thing you could purchase. And it's just like, it's just something that, that drives me crazy. We're here with Chris Benson of BensonCoppel.com. Go there, check them out. If you are in a valuation or need a transition or need recruiting services, they are the best. I want to talk about recruiting because recruiting is, I mean, I know how hard it is to get staff right now. People have new priorities in this world, and I'm guessing that involves orthodontists too. And you're helping uh, big service providers, multi operators get. How does your process work if I am looking to fill my staff? Yeah, we don't we don't recruit for staff just for doctors. Yes, but I, sorry. I, I will say that um, you know our view uh, from sitting where we are right now and in in this moment of time is that going forward for the next decade we believe labor will probably be the critical issue for orthodontic practices uh, at all levels of the practice that means from your uh, chair side assistants to your back office staff to your sterilization assistants to associates partners and, and ultimately buyers of your practice it's it's a tougher labor market um so you know for uh for us, we really believe that you can recruit for just a heartbeat, a, you know, a human being to come in and take a job. And that that is not 
uh, going to last very long, typically. And so we we have a, a philosophy of recruiting for retention, which requires that we come visit your practice, understand several things that are intangible. One is your culture. What do you like? What is the pace of work like? What is your team like? You know, what is what is the atmosphere in the office? And then just as importantly, you know, we're recruiting for this, the, the environment that you live in, uh, whether it's rural or that's uh, metropolitan, you know, what amenities are there? And then we're trying to find people that are attracted to what your town has to offer uh, long term and then what your culture has to offer. And we find that, yeah, it, it is about money. You got to be competitive, but that's where everybody starts with typically that doesn't do it our way is, you know, here's a job. I'll pay you 200,000 a year plus benefits. You know, do you want it? Um, but if we can get somebody to say, this seems to match up with, with what you've told us, you know, you like, or this is like where you grew up, or this is where you grew up, or it's an hour from where you grew up. So we keep a lot of data on about 1500 new and younger doctors because it used to be you got out of your program and you, you bought something or you became a partner with something. And uh, now you go to work for somebody, um, whether it's a DSO or a group practice. And then the data says that four or five years out, then you want to go on your own deal. Uh, you've learned a lot. So it's a, the dynamic has shifted a lot. So the people that we are placing as buyers are typically out four or five years. That's a new dynamic. We know who they are. Nobody else really does. It gives us an edge um, in this arena. And, it's really nobody that's professionally recruiting in the orthodontic little silo except us. So it's been our fastest growing piece of our business the last three or four years. Good timing. 70, 75 open uh, uh, jobs right now looking Whoa. for doctors in a, in a market where there's only, you know, wow. 380 people graduating each year. That that's a crazy statistic and wow. Good for you on that timing. You know, yeah. timing is everything. You didn't yeah, know there'd right. be a labor yeah. crisis, but here we are. Um, here with Chris Betson of uh, Betson Koppel. Go to BetsonKoppel.com. I want to talk about you. I mean, I, are we allowed to talk about what's happening with you coming up at AAO? Is that are we allowed yeah, to sure. be public? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're being awarded with Outstanding Contribution Award by a non-orthodontist for 2022. So first of all, that's so cool. Congratulations. You must be Thank super you. psyched about that. Yeah. I mean, that that's how, you know, you did all the right things, right? It means it's the years of hard work. And it's really how you know that you're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also, you know, there's tons of old people with not a lot of outstanding contribution award winners. And I think that that's really I mean, that's the kind of thing that those are the people I want to work with, the people who are actually trying to change the business and help people be more successful. That's what it's all about. And when you're when we help make other people successful, we're more successful. And I think that this is this is proof of that. So what I wanted to talk about is you have such a history of providing business education to the orthodontic specialty via speaking newsletters and AAO involvement. Tell us what you're doing, where you want to go and why it's important to you. Yeah, you know, I care deeply about the success of the solo and small group orthodontic owner because it's fed my family for 32 years and it's been a joy. Um, and the, the market, that market, the orthodontic space, um, I just, it's my life work really. And so I want them to succeed. You know, institutions are, it's hard to change institutions. And so we saw 10 years ago, you know, that, that maybe this institution doesn't really understand the pace at which dentistry is, is 
moving and changing. And so we started just feeding them with information that that we were seeing and that we were documenting that we knew. And they started inviting us in for scanning presentations at the board of trustees level at the AO and, and so forth. Um, I also had a chance to get involved with the AO Foundation, which is, uh, you know, where, where we really promote research for the specialty. And we've got $34 million now. We give away a couple million dollars a year in foundation educational uh, grants. And um, I'll be president of that organization as a layperson, as a non-orthodontist, which is pretty rare, um, starting next May as well. And that's a two-year term. So, you know, I've just been fortunate to... Um, to have this uh, idea instilled in me by my mom and my dad that the more you give, the more you get. And I may not be the smartest guy or the best looking guy or the fastest athlete or whatever, but if you are out there and every day you show up and suit up and, and you do your best, good things come around. And that's what's happened to me. And, and I've got an amazing team that are so much more talented than I am. And thankfully younger that I feel great about where my business is going to go in the future. And it's just been, um, I think hopefully this, this last active career lap is, is going to be a real joy and, and more about giving back to what it's given me than it is about taking money from somebody. That's, that's so cool. I mean, that's what it's all about. Savvy and I always talk about filling people's buckets, you know, yeah. just go around filling other people's buckets and yours will get full. And that's really cool. And the fact that you're being rewarded for it. And I agree, man. I, so I, I haven't been an orthodontist, orthodontics for that long, but what an impact the people have made on me, the, the, the practice people, the, the vendors, just, it's a different vibe than any other business. And I work in a lot of businesses. So like, I, you know, when you talk about recruiting and the fact that there's not that many orthodontists, maybe what we need to do is start recruiting younger and telling people about, Hey, there's this amazing career path for you. You should really look into it. Oh yeah. You have to be like super smart though. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's really, really hard, but you know, people are always pushing people to be surgeons. Like, you know, it's good. interesting. I, I, you know, I love it so much. And I, and I get to visit all these, you know, doctors that are m mostly 55, 65 years old. And I get to talk to their kids. You know, one of the first questions is, you know, do you have, have a kid in your family that wants to be you? And um, about, you know, 10 years ago, 10 to 12 percent of our residents were legacies, you know, their mom, dad, aunt, uncle, something like that. And now it's only like seven. And um, and the orthodontist today, because of it, because it's harder, they say, I'm not sure I want my kid to be an orthodontist uh, because it's so different. You know, so I, I kind of discard that and say that's, you know, just you're used to a different model. That's still awesome. Uh, you know, what are they going to do? I'd be a hedge fund analyst or something like that to do as good. I mean, it's, it's great. But when I talk to the kids and I say, why don't you want to be your mom or your dad? They say, I don't want to work that hard um, because they don't want to work as hard as an orthodontist. But, you know, because it's true that they only work on average 16 days a month, you know, clinically. But when you're a small business owner, I am. I have 10 totally. people. The bit, And you are. The yeah. business never is away from you. You know, you're thinking about it on Friday and you're thinking about it on the weekends. You're thinking about it all the time because you've got to make payroll and you've got to make things happen. And you've got to you know understand the benefit package and you've got to do HR and all the stuff that we had to do through COVID. You're so right. Right. It's hard and, and it takes a toll on you after a while. What What's happened in Orthodox is we, we retired in the 80s at 55 and the 90s at 60 and the knots at 65. And now we, we retire at 70. So we're working longer careers. We're more tired at the end of our careers and our kids see that. And um, 
you know, there's something to be said for getting out earlier and enjoying life because a lot of times we retire and we're not that useful anymore. But um, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to You're understand so right. it all myself because I turn 60 <laughs> next month and I'm, I'm like, man, I don't know. I told my wife on the way to the to the engagement, I'm the oldest guy on the 767. There's nobody on this plane older than me. And she goes, there's old people all the time. I said, I know, but it's Friday night in Raleigh and I'm flying to Atlanta and there's nobody older than me. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's get, getting older is just interesting and i think you know for me yeah. you know i've, I've only been a dad for well you yeah yeah thank you but i feel old because i you know i have three kids now and just like everything is moving so quickly but i i agree with you it, you know owning a business is is a full investment and to your yeah. point a lot of these folks went into business for themselves because there wasn't a better opportunity for them at another practice where they could make as much money and they wanted to have some freedom but they're not great business people, yeah. they, you know, and they don't want to do that. And that's why they need you. I mean, I, again, the, the shout out is, listen, when you find great people, you got to A, get to know them. You know, I, it, it's like we're, we're together now. We don't know each other at all. But, I, you know, I see somebody that can play great music on, you know, the, the street corner in San Francisco. And I'm like, if I lived here, I want to invite that guy over for dinner um, because, you know, I just want to learn about, you know, what, what makes you different and, and cool and, 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 you know, so passionate about wanting to do this for, to make a living. And that's, that's what I felt about you guys. When, when I saw you guys present and I saw the fun and the passion, and then I heard, you know, where you came from and, and what you guys were doing, you know, this is a, you guys are a new, uh, uh, you know, a new voice and a new uh, really, what's the right word and a new opportunity for orthodontists to say, Hey, you know, Marketing to the masses, you know, there, there's this one notion that orthodontists have is, you know, I got to use somebody that 200 orthodontists use. But if you can use somebody that only 20 orthodontists use, and yeah, maybe it'll grow into 200 someday, but it's going to be that much cooler, that much different, that much, you know, better. And I'm telling you, folks, these guys know what they're doing and they understand the orthodontic space and more importantly, the consumer right now. Well, and we, I mean, what it is for us is it's we give geographic exclusivity to the orthos. You know, you, yeah. the fact that some of our competitors, well, all of our competitors will take seven docs in the same area. That's you can't market seven clients against each other. You can't. So, you know, our goal, I think we'd be 200 max. I don't want to be bigger than that. I want to give great service. And I feel like you get to a certain point and you can't do that. You, you know, in order to really deliver, we're really big into white glove treatment and that we want to create a different experience. I mean, nobody is operating like that. And I can't thank you enough for at least recognizing that we've got something because that is that is all we care about is is we want to I'm doing five um, free consulting sessions next week for orthos we met at the conference who we can't work with because their competitors of our, but we want to help people. We want to get them at least so they know that how they're being taken advantage of, because it is, it is a real cruel world out there. So Chris, I appreciate you being on the show today and doing all the things you do. I hope, please, if you ever have things that you want to talk about, please bring them to us. Benson Koppel and Associates is the name. BensonKoppel.com is the URL. If you want to get a hold of these guys, please email Chris at Chris at BensonKoppel.com. They're in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you want to give them a call, 336-379-882. That's 336-379-8822, extension 101. Chris, on behalf of Brain Bites Creative and the Get Straight Podcast, thank you so much. Thanks. It was great fun. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll see you next time, everybody.